the Cleveland Cavaliers select Evan Mobley. It's been a historical franchise in this league for years. We have a trade to announce. The Boston Celtics select Jason Tatum. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA Front Office Show. Happy Wednesday, or should I say, happy 10-day contract day. Keith Smith and joining me, find him on Twitter at KeithSmithNBA. I'm Trevor Lane. You can find me at Trevor underscore Lane. Keith, 10-day contracts, non-hardship 10-day <laughs> contracts, I suppose I should specify, can now be signed. Yes, important qualifier there because we have uh, blown the 10-day contract rules completely out of the water here <laughs> and turned that into uh, they can be signed whenever as long as you have COVID hardships. But today's the real ones, the regular ones, the traditional 10-day contracts can be signed. It sounds like we've got at least one lined up with the Utah Jazz are going to sign Daniel House. That'll mm-hmm. be, I think, our uh, first real regular 10-day of, of the season. So the Jazz, uh, we're going to talk about why they're doing that a little bit later in the show and and uh, we'll 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 get into all that there but yeah 10 day contract day we're two days out on friday the 7th mm-hmm. will be the day uh players have to be waived by the end of the day to order in order for their uh contracts to not become fully guaranteed fully guaranteed day is january 10th but they have to clear waivers uh prior to um that date so really it's january 7th is the kind of drop the date there's about i, I want to say it's 25 ish players maybe it might only it might be as low as 20 20 to it's 20 to 25 it's in that range uh who have non-guaranteed contracts that that will see their deals become guaranteed on friday and then uh trade restrictions lift for a few more guys on the 15th so mm-hmm. we're we're full on into transaction season now and that can be maybe that should be one of our topics for our show tomorrow as we can get into some of the decisions that teams have yeah. to make on some of these guys uh, um, that's a group also want to specify before we go go further the difference between a hardship 10 day and I know we've talked about this a ton so for some of you this is this is old hat here but uh, yep. for the the 10 day hardship contracts don't count against the cap don't cap count towards the luxury tax whereas the regular 10 day will indeed count towards those things Correct. so those things may matter for NBA teams. Um, so for a certain fan base that yes. may be represented by your walls and desk behind you, uh-huh. uh, yeah, they if they sign someone, maybe Stanley Johnson mm-hmm. to a 10-day uh, here in the next day or so, he will now count against the tax or the cap because they're no longer in hardship territory. So, Correct. yeah, and the hardship thing is a – that is a uh, – new tweak for hopefully i'm going to knock on wood this season only right uh we hope that's how that goes because that's that, that was a new thing uh there so yeah let's hope that's the way that goes this was an emergency situation and that's why exactly. they they yep. went that route and they didn't want to penalize teams that were getting into the tax or getting close to the hard cap or anything like that and it's quite frankly it's the right decision made by all parties not the changes for the players they still get paid their full amount and mm-hmm. off we go and get these opportunities and maybe ones they wouldn't have got otherwise and we're still seeing a handful of those but they're getting to be less by the day as well keith there was an update today on uh, zion williamson and it's yeah. a it's a head scratcher it's weird uh, the Pelicans have decided for Zion to rehab away from the team. He's going to be rehabbing in Portland for a reason. I, they gave a reason 
And the reason was he will rehab, this is according to David Griffin, he will rehab away from the team at this time so he can focus on the task at hand. They also mentioned that he is doing only partial weight-bearing activities currently. I cannot, for the life of me, come up with, even trying to read between the lines, a rationale for why he needs to be away from the team in Portland in order to focus on the task at hand. Oh, I can come up with why he's in Portland. Come on now, think a little deeper. Who's headquarters? What are we thinking about, Nike? Yeah, I think this is Nike got involved here. And it's, hey, bring him out here. We'll we'll get him, you know, going out here. And and they probably sold some line of he can just fully focus on, you know, getting himself right and blah, blah, blah. But, I mean, I don't know that to be true, but he gets paid an awful lot of money from Nike, I think, more than he actually gets paid from the Pelicans Mm -hmm. right now. So, uh, because of the parameters of his rookie scale deal. But, I yeah, that, that would be my guess is he's probably going to be at the Nike facility doing doing his work there. And uh, that'll be I mean, there's a big part of me that says whatever gets him back healthy sure. and on the court. I don't really care. But yeah, this is a little weird. Not entirely uncommon for players to rehab away from the team. We do see that on a somewhat regular basis, especially if they require something that maybe the team doesn't have. Uh, Gordon Hayward did that for a portion of his rehab after mm-hmm. he broke his leg a few seasons back. So that that part is not super eye-raising to me. It's weird, though. Focus, like, was he not focused right. with rehabbing in new orleans like like what's going on there we had seen those pictures where he looked really big mm-hmm. then we saw some pictures where he, he looked pretty good um after and then shortly thereafter that it was shut down again the part that that most is concerning to me is the non-weight bearing yes. stuff because we're now you know this is the beginning of january uh this we found out about this and well, it was august right because it was there we found out about it after right we found, we out, found about out about it really late day Right. Yeah, that's right. We found out about it media day in late September, but it the surgery happened sometime in July, if I remember correctly, when it when it was when he broke the foot. So so yeah, that part is concerning to me that we're still here and it doesn't sound like it's getting close. And I'm starting to worry maybe we don't see him at all this season. Yeah, I mean the partial weight bearing thing and when when the season started, I remember we were talking about okay, maybe it'll be a few weeks of no Zion for the Pelicans. Can they just mm-hmm. hang on for a few weeks? And now here we are. It's 2022. Yeah. And there's yeah, no, we're halfway there's, through the season, essentially. Yep. There's no return in sight yeah. for Zion Williamson. And I get, look, a big dude, right? Just a, a big in, in general, whether it's Zion or yep. not, you worry about foot injuries. First guy I always think of, of course, is, you know, you deal with guys like Zedrunas Ilgowskis, um mm-hmm. dealing with foot injuries. And it's not... No, Walt, uh, Brooke Lopez. Now, Brooke Lopez clearly made it out on the, the other side and uh-huh. came out of it healthy. But yeah, it's, yeah, it definitely worrisome. So you've got all of those things stacking up. The Pelicans, it appears to pretty much be a lost season. I mean, you're not going to pull the plug or anything just yet, yeah. but, but it's looking that way. So you have to wonder if it's another month before he's in weight-bearing activities, at what point do you just get so far into the season that you just say, you know what, let's worry about next year? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, now what's weird is they're two and a half games out of the play-in uh, because the bottom of the West play-in is, weak. is pretty pretty weak. Um, but you got to start to really think about how hard are we really going to push for that? If you're the Portland Trailblazers and you're trying to really make a run and think you could win it and get in, sure. If you're the Pelicans and you are like Zion is weeks away, mm-hmm. then absolutely you push you know, for that and try to get into the play-in and maybe win your way into the playoffs. But it's, it is really 
tough now as you kind of look at this to say i i don't know it i i think you gotta be getting really close to saying hey maybe the best thing here is we reprioritize the rest of the season we turn it into a development season Mm -hmm. we trade away what veterans we can build some additional assets you know you still keep valentunas and ingram and um well, Josh Hart's a little tricky because he's got that weird contract, but right. uh, Devontae Graham keeps eye on. And then, you you know, you know, you try to stay competitive in those games, but you turn it into a developmental season, pile up ping pong balls and go into the lottery and see where you are. Maybe you're adding a really good piece alongside Zion and Ingram and crew. And then you're right back at this next year. But but boy, is it it's just this season's gone sideways on them really badly. Yeah, that would be your best case scenario that you have your, I mean, I know there's been lots of other examples of this, but your, your David Robinson injury year, you sure. land Tim Duncan in the yep. draft and then off you go, right? I mean, that's that's the best case scenario for the Pelicans here yep. if they do decide to shut him down for the it, season. And again, that's not something that that is being whispered right now, something that's being rumored or no, anything yeah. like that. It just feels like we're getting closer to where that's yep. a decision that they have to, to really consider. And now it's bunched up, like I said, because they're only two and a half out of that playing spot in the yes. West. And then there's a couple of East teams in, in the mix record-wise too. But as it stands right now, with the flattened lottery odds, top four is where you want to be. And they're in the top four right, mm-hmm. right now with the Magic, Pistons, Rockets, and then them. Now, let's see what the Thunder do. if they, uh, They're just kind of starting down their uh, health and safety protocol uh, path in Oklahoma City. So they're, they're going to be missing some guys there. And I don't think they're going to make a hard push to try to get into the play in. I think the Thunder will like will reprioritize as yeah. they go down the stretch. But yeah, it's it's yeah, I think if you're the Pelicans, if you can position yourself to really say, "All right, just forget it. This season's gone off the rails. Let's embrace it and go." You, you might as well. Last thing on this on this topic, um from the NBA's perspective. They got that epic Lakers Warriors game in the play in last year. And that's when we said Plan's not going anywhere now, right? <laughs> because yeah. of what because of what we just saw um, heading into into the plan. If, if from the NBA's perspective, if Zion comes back and you get Zion in the in the play-in tournament, that's gold, right? That's that's gold. So I you know that nobody from the league office is going to be suggesting shutting down Zion Williamson because getting that even if, even if Zion doesn't get into the playoffs, the play-in would have that much more importance if Zion Williamson oh, is is involved. Time. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's just like, you know, if there's any way. Because, I mean, let's face it, we know how this stuff works. He's going to get all-star votes. I mean, oh, we, yeah. we know. Yeah. Now, Without playing. Thankfully, <laughs> yeah, thankfully the way it balances out is hopefully that won't matter. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, but you, you you would love to have him in there. Yeah, you're, you're spot on. I mean, they NBA loved that Warriors-Lakers mm-hmm. game. Now, as it stands right now, you've got uh, Lakers and Clippers both. So uh, in that double L.A. market, I kind of – I, I promise this is not a reverse jinx on your team. I'm not trying to do that. I kind of think they're starting their climb now mm-hmm. uh, up and out of the play. And I think, uh, right. I, I don't know that they catch the Grizzlies five games is Agreed. even with, you know, half a season. That's still a good amount to make up, but Nuggets Mavericks I mean, they're right there. They're, they're actually basically even record wise with those two teams. So mm-hmm. I, I, I think we're going to see them get up and out of there. Uh, and then, then we'll see you know, where it goes from, from there. But yeah, I mean, yeah, if you could get Zion in that last spot, no offense, Kings fans or uh, Thunder fans or Spurs fans, they'd rather have Zion in the Pelicans in there, much like they'd rather have Dame in the Blazers. In sure. there. You know, you want stars in those games. And in in the play-in scenario, if a star 
does one of those. I mean, Jason Tatum did it for the Celtics in the play in last year. He went absolutely bananas and yep. got them into the playoffs. So if, if a guy can go crazy in the play in, they he can push that team into a playoff spot. Oh, Zion versus LeBron in the play in. Oh. I mean, yeah, I, yeah I, if it ended up happening, yeah. Oh, sure. yeah. Adam Silver would be just, oh. he would be over, yeah. over the moon. He would be so excited. But yep. speaking of the Lakers, Sam Amick from The Athletic. Dropped a little tidbit that the Lakers have been covertly interested. <laughs> in covertly. Covertly, like, <laughs> like, they're, like they're in spy gear or something yeah, like right? that. Uh, right? That's what I like to envision. Rob Palenka is like hiding out like in, in parking garages. Like, hey, <laughs> want to trade for us? <laughs> that's what I want it to be at least. Passing over. He's wearing a trench coat, passing over a briefcase full of money or something like that. There's... Crazy stuff going on. <laughs> exactly. No, it, yep. it's but it, it was funny that that word guy used covertly interested in a a Westbrook trade. Um, we've talked about this a lot on here. Logistically, it's it's. I, I never want to say impossible because we see crazy things happen in the NBA all the time, but it's very 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 unlikely that the Lakers can pull off a trade for Russell Westbrook by the trade deadline. I don't see that happening. Of course, on the flip side. If you're the front office, it's your job to check around because you don't know until you ask. Yeah, 100%. That's exactly what it is. You have to you have to explore all avenues if you're the Lakers because despite the fact that they've hovered right around 500 all season long, they're still in their mind this is a championship contention season. You're trying to get to that level. This is not a uh, no one is going to be happy if they just get into the playoffs mm-hmm. and didn't you know, went around even. That's not where they're at. So you have to explore every avenue to make the team better. And you just hit a hit the nail on the head, though. I mean, we're there. Are they going to be able to pull that off? Probably not. Like that. That's the thing. That's where it get, gets a deal you know, a little bit harder. So, you know, we'll see. It's kind of like um, my daughter got Guess Who for Christmas. And we so we've been playing a ton of games of Guess Who. Right. And you, you ask, okay, is, is, does your person wear glasses? No. Okay. You flip down all these ones. Does your person uh, have their teeth showing in their smile? No. Okay. Flip down all these ones. Right. The Lakers would kind of be doing that when you're looking around the NBA, you first, you say, you say, okay, how many teams need a point guard? All right. Flip down, flip down a bunch of them. How many teams want, uh, uh, are interested in Russell Westbrook? Okay. Flip down a bunch. Okay. Of those, those ones that are remaining, how many of them have contracts? That can equal Russell Westbrook in a trade, flip down a bunch more. How many of those are contracts we'd actually want? I, by that point, I'd have to imagine there's there's nobody still up. Everybody is is down. <laughs> well, at, that point. at that point, yeah, you've smashed the board and thrown right. it across the room. <laughs> exactly. There's nobody left. Yeah, or you're sitting there with a uh, uh, one lonely John Wall. John uh, Wall. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. That is, uh, you know, well, that one's the only one left. I, that is the best reference you've ever made on this show. Uh, not not no no denigration to your other references they've been good but that that's the best one yet i that's a fun game man it it is it is and i'm surprised that that is my best reference and it had nothing to do with the mcu yeah yeah (laughs) it's I mean, you brought me back, though, man. I was thinking of being a kid and playing that game. I played that game with my parents back in the day. Dude, that game's been around a long time. And then, like, I would cheat. Like, I'm (laughs) shameless, so I will admit that. Like, I'd be like, no, they don't have glasses. And (laughs) 
Totally. <laughs> you would like, lie. My mom would be like, how does they not have glasses? She's like, those are glasses. I'm like, those are not glasses. Like, <laughs> you know, and stuff like that. But yeah. <laughs> yes, we've been playing a million games of Guess Who since since, since Christmas. And it's it's been a lot of fun. But um, that is great. In any event. Um, we need to, do need to jump to the Portland Trailblazers, though. <laughs> we need to talk about them because guess who? <laughs> Damian Lillard, uh, still dealing with yeah. the abdominal injury. It's been, I mean, there have been some high points, but for the most part, it's been kind of a joyless season for Portland. And now Lillard's going to miss more games due to this abdominal injury. Yeah, this is going to be a team to watch heading up to the trade deadline. But I just, I don't know what they do here like there has to be some concern because this has not been a good season for Damian Lillard there has to be some concern now like we we heard all about oh Lillard's gonna want this this new contract and all these things I don't know if you're Portland if you're happy to just hand it over right now yeah that's the thing that's tough now the good thing if you're the Blazers you can you can from your side you run the risk of making him angry and then forcing him into asking for a trade which Mm. that's a whole other conversation and maybe that is what you ultimately would want. But I think the, the bigger thing you need to think about is you don't have to do that right now. There's no deadline on doing an extension with him or anything like that. Um, that's a media. You, you can put it off and you can be like, all right, we get it. We know where you're coming from, but let's yeah, look at some stuff here. I, I was trying to pull it up, right? Cause he had played so poorly mm-hmm. um, to start the season. He has picked it up in Let's really say since he got back from the injury the first time um, in that stretch. Let me do this. The, I love that basketball reference. You can just click a range and it adds everything up. What a, it it's such an absolutely invaluable tool. It really is. Uh, for what we do. Um, still only shooting 41% from the floor, but he's up to 36% from three uh, during that period. It was nine games in December uh, for him. Uh, averaging 10.1 free throw attempts per game. That's you know a big, like that. big number. Uh, six assists, five rebounds, 29.6 points. So uh, the, the overall field goal percentage is down. Not not really where you'd like it to be, but right now. you know, that's not, not great, but yeah, but he had started to pick up his play as, as we saw with a lot of guys, you can, you know, make your assumptions of why, you know, mm. whether it's truly the ball or, or not the ball or whatever it was, the new foul um, rules, whatever. Yeah. New foul rules, everything. I think, you know, we're impacting a lot of these guys, but he was starting to look a lot more like the game we, we know, but yeah, I mean, this is an injury where I'm, what I'm starting to wonder is, so what they said, he's out another week. Let's mm-hmm. see what it looks like then. Are we going to get to a point where it's like, we're just shutting it down? And are they one of those teams that says, hey, this whole season's gone poorly for us. And if they do decide, hey, we're going to move, not necessarily Dame or CJ, but what if they're going to move Covington or Nurkic, the expiring contract guys, um, for an asset play? Then is your best answer, hey, let's just keep Dame out lose a lose a whole bunch and then then bottom out we'll see what simons and little can do anthony simons man what a game he had uh the other night against atlanta uh, yeah against atlanta absolutely blew up and you know condolences to him and his family he said it was uh he just found out about his grandfather's passing oh. so um you know but absolutely went out there and dominated which is you know i mean got a great tribute to you know to to his grandfather's family but yeah it, it does um for portland i do wonder if this starts turning into one of those, yeah, he can play for a week, then he's going to be out for a week, play for a week kind of thing, or play for a couple weeks and then be out. Do you just say, forget it, let's just shut him down and move in a different direction? Yeah. Not meaning trade him, but just 
for the rest of this season. As far as let's let's kind of tank this thing out, get a get a pick, and move move this thing forward. They are currently half a game out of the play-in. Yeah, which, which is, is which is again the West has been very forgiving, exactly. but right now they're sitting at fourteen and twenty-two. Is there is there a point if this continues to go poorly where they relent and they say, okay, let's start exploring Dame? Like, is that is that a possibility? Maybe. Yeah, I think so. I think I think if you're Portland, you have to be open to everything at this point. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm a broken record with them in Indiana, but I really do believe that. I think at this point, you really have to uh, be open to if we got to trade whatever it is that that we think makes us better moving forward. Um, that that's probably the direction to go. We'll we'll get deeper into individual team stuff approaching the deadline, but I you know really do believe they they need to be open to that idea, and especially if you if you have any if your own internal scouting modeling and mm. die test and everything else says to you at all, yeah, this is the start of his play starting to slip, hundred percent you got to do it. I mean I know it sucks, but. You can't. You don't want to run through three more years of this, and no, then, no, no. then yeah, you know, what are you? Uh, one other thing on tanking too. They had their pick is top fourteen protected, so mm. why? Yeah, that's probably just enough motivation there to say, let's slip, you know, low enough to make sure we're in the lottery and we keep this. Let's keep, keep this thing now. If he gets back in a week, looks good, and you start playing well, and you can turn it around and make moves to bolster a real playoff run, absolutely you do it. Because I mean, that's that's a different story, but that's why they're kind of bridging that that uh, you know thing here. And that's again, I'm going to say this a whole bunch of times over the next few weeks, but the trade deadline's not until February 10th, so we've got time for these kind of things to sort themselves out a little bit over the next month. This is one of several teams that we've talked about that are kind of riding that fence right now between buyer and seller, and and it'll be interesting to see how the rest of this plays out. Lillard does turn 32 in July, so by next season he will be... I think you take... If you're the Blazers, you take it all the way down to the to the yeah. to the deadline mm-hmm. before you make any major. Unless somebody obviously comes up and blows you away with a trade offer. But I mean the reality is he was awesome last year. It does go quickly for small guards, but it doesn't go that quickly. Like it doesn't completely fall off the face of the earth like that. So let's Mean, see. Meanwhile, the 76ers are Patiently waiting to see what <laughs> what the yep. Blazers ultimately decide there. Um, speaking or for though, Bradley Beal to get cranky enough to say mm-hmm. I want that too. Yeah. That too. Uh, speaking of teams that are interested in making big moves, the Sacramento Kings, according to Sam Amick, will reportedly not make anyone untouchable in trade talks. That means we're talking De'Aaron Fox. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? We know the Kings are a team that would love to get in on the the Ben Simmons chase as well. Uh, I think that's the right move. I don't think anybody on the Kings right now should be untouchable. I think that Halliburton is a guy that you should probably do what you can to hang on to. Uh, and you can argue Davian Mitchell, but I, I mean, the Kings haven't been good enough to where you'll say, oh yes, this is a definite piece that we have to keep. I think you have to be open to all options if you're Sacramento. Yeah, now where I just kind of crapped all over the idea of making just making the play in for the Blazers and the Pelicans. I think for the Kings that that is something that's important. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that you start doing the right. I mean, we're going to mention Harrison Barnes would be a great fit. We did it yesterday. For a lot of teams, we'll yep. it, you know, a hundred more times. Uh, you know, he'd be a great fit here. Um, but I don't think you need to do a full sell off. But I'm a hundred percent with you. Nobody on that roster should be untouchable. Nobody's shown that level of, you know, dominant, great franchise player. I, again, I'm also with you that 
I do think uh, uh, Tyrese Halliburton is probably the closest thing. The Fox stuff is interesting because you have to kind of look at it and say, all right, it's tough because he's the closest thing they have to a franchise player, and he has been pretty good. But you have to look at it and say, but we have Halliburton, who's proven he really is at his best when he's on the ball as a primary point guard. We have Davian Mitchell right behind him. You know, what, what are we what are we gonna do? Cause we can only really play two of those three together at a right. time. Can't play all three together. That's the no nobody really has the size to make that work. They also have Buddy Healed, and if you're gonna get him minutes, that just becomes an awkward uh situation all around. So yeah, I'm I'm with you where I look at it and say, this makes sense. I'll also say when Sam Amick writes about the Kings. It's worth really locking into because he's usually pretty spot on on Kings related stuff over the years. So, yeah, I I think that there is a chance that this is uh, the way this goes is uh, maybe Darren Fox is, especially if they're trying to go that way. Right. If they're trying to go, we're going big, we're going to try to upgrade and really make this this real push at this. It it almost has to be Darren Fox because I don't know now. Could you split the difference and do Fox and something for a guy and then still trade like Harrison Barnes? Like, I think the Bulls would be a great fit. And if you could get Patrick Williams now, all right, now we've got the young defensive forward who's pretty good coming in off his injury. You know, he'll be out for the rest of this year. But yeah, it's tough. But it's it's hard when you're the Kings, though, to tell your fans, like, hey, we're going to kind of, you know, wait for next year once again. Like, that just becomes a hard sell. That's where most of the playing is bad. Because if there was no playing, you could start having that conversation today and be a little bit more like, yeah, we're we're kind of out of the playoff mix. Like, let's let's just drop all the way out. Um, but with the play-in, like, that's at least something. It's not the playoffs, but it's postseason basketball. So why not if you're the Kings? By the way, did you see the weirdness last night at the end of the Lakers and Kings game with the, the De'Aaron Fox call? <laughs> yes. That's one of the stranger situations I've seen on the on the basketball court in terms of a, a, a call. And the referees had to call it the way they did based on the rules. But I can understand why the Kings were so upset. I would be upset too if I if I were them because of the way it all worked out. They lost the ball because of it. Yeah. It, it was. I mean, I guess I guess I should probably explain what happened because people don't know what I'm, some people may not know what I'm talking about. But uh, the Lakers shot a free throw. It was late in the game. The Kings didn't want the the clock to start, so everybody that was there to rebound the free throw left. They all ran down the floor except for De'Aaron Fox. He was clearly going to get the rebound. There was nobody near him, but he didn't touch the ball. Because he wanted to let the ball bounce and and then pick it up later on, giving you less time off of the clock. The clock started anyway. De'Aaron Fox pointed it out. The referee stopped the game and fixed the clock situation. But because De'Aaron Fox hadn't picked up the basketball, he technically didn't have possession. And that turned it into a jump ball. And the Lakers then got the jump ball, even though there was no one around De'Aaron Fox to grab it. Uh, Yeah, the Kings were upset, but it was just a strange moment where the refs called it the way they're supposed to, but the Kings definitely drew the short straw in, in that situation. Big time. My guess is that's one that will get brought up mm-hmm. in the competition committee of, hey, what does this look like? We need to, you know, kind of kind of look at this. What is the the intent here of, you know, of this rule? Where does it go with that? But yeah, no, it was absolutely officiated correctly and tough. Did you see it was in... I was in a game the the other day, might have been yesterday, but it might have been the day before. It might have been the Pistons game the day before, where there was no, it was the Nets Grizzlies game, 
where the Nets challenged a foul call at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't all the way at the end, but it was when they were kind of making a run at that game. And uh, the Nets won the challenge, but they won the challenge because the foul got changed to a different net. <laughs> so <laughs> they challenged like the foul was on. Hey, I might have these guys wrong, but I think they challenged that the that Cam Thomas did not commit a foul, and the referee said the Nets win the challenge, and then the referee says, however, because the <laughs> crowd started going crazy, then he's like, however, it they win the challenge because the foul is being changed to Daron Sharp. Let's keep their time out, and off we go. And it was one of those where it's like, really? that's I mean. I could see where that could matter, right? Because you might sure. be trying to keep somebody from falling out or whatever. But yeah, just a weird, weird, uh, you know, situation there as well. Fun with fun with officiating. <laughs> uh, we do have some transactions to run through before yeah, we wrap things up today. I guess let's start with the trade. The Jazz made a, a you know minor trade here. The Jazz trade Mie Oni and a second round pick to guess who? The Oklahoma <laughs> City Thunder because they want all of the picks. Uh, this is the Jazz clearing a roster spot and the Thunder charging them a second round pick to do so. Yep, that's it. the Jazz also uh, saved some money against mm-hmm. the tax, much like the uh, the Lakers trading Rajon Rondo and taking no salary back. Uh, the Jazz rare for them to be um, in the tax, even rarer to be as deep into the tax as they are. That they, they were about sixteen million, I think, into the tax uh, mm-hmm. prior to this trade, and now they are. I can tell you right now because I've already processed the trade in my sheets. They were about sixteen million. Now they're about fourteen point six million. So, okay. um, so they 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 move on from Miaoni, Oklahoma City side of this. You're absolutely right. They get yet another draft pick because Lord knows they needed that. Um, and then they waived Gabriel Deck, um, to create the roster spot to bring in Miaoni. Reporting is that they'll waive Miaoni. That has not happened yet. Um, but that's probably just a, that'll happen at some point today or tomorrow. Um, the Thunder are, or they may even wait until uh, Friday because he's one of these guys whose contract was going to become fully guaranteed, if not waived by by the seventh. So I think what what we're really looking at here for the Thunder is this move. They're in a very odd spot. They are over the cap, mm-hmm. but they're over the cap because of trade exceptions and their other exceptions. When a team is under the cap, you add back the amount of their exceptions. And if that takes them over the cap, they function as an over the cap team. Well, that's where they're at. So they are right now, they're about $1.1 million over the cap, but they are also subsequently $23.2 million under the salary floor. (laughs) So I know I probably just broke people's brains with that one, but that that's where we're at. That's just, this is a completely unique thing because of the size of the trade exceptions that they have. Uh, Both of those trade exceptions will expire uh, by the trade deadline. So that won't be a thing as we get into, um, into later parts of the season, but that that's uh, where we're at right now. So they may hang on to Oni here for a couple more days because it's just going to build, build the guarantee amount get them closer to that salary floor um, and then, then they can move on from him. So the Thunder for very many reasons are going to be everybody's uh, third team in a three team trade yep. as a facilitator, eat a salary, make something work for a team, whatever they got to do. And in the reality is uh, that'll be in both made up trades and real trades. Cause any real trade where it's, Hey, we need somebody to help. They're going to make a call and you know, Sam Presti's going to be like, well, yeah, for a second round pick. Yeah, sure. We'll do it for picks. 
Give us you know, all the yeah, picks. Or, you know, or, hey, change the protections on a pick you already owe us. Uh-huh. Sure, why not? Let's let's move on. So, yeah, so that's that's what happened here with, with this one. Um, so, yeah, so Mia Ioni goes out. I mentioned the Jazz because that dropped them. They were the last team, the 30th team, to put a player in the health and safety protocols. Oh. Joe Ingles went in uh, yesterday. Um, they mm-hmm. are... It, well, yeah, but that was forever. Ago. No, yeah, yeah, I know. I'm just yeah, saying exactly. they they were the yeah, team that kind of kicked yeah. this whole thing off, kicked and the whole the, thing you know, off, right? Yeah, turn, turn it, turn it around to the mm-hmm. last team this year. Oh, absolutely. Um, but they they were down to only 13 standard contracts. You can only do that for up to two weeks. Um, but they're gonna they're gonna sign Daniel House to a 10 day. Um, even though. Ingles is in the health and safety, I believe, because they have to get back up to roster minimum. Uh, it will be a standard 10-day for them. So they'll probably cycle through some guys on 10 days until they either make trades or mm-hmm. see what they need to do as they're kind of sitting on those two open roster spots now. Uh, the Suns also waived Chandler Hutchinson. Uh, yep. H- Hutchinson. No yeah, ending I there. Every time. I know. I do it all the time. But um, but I played that's... for a Little League baseball team that was sponsored by Hutchinson Realty oh, as okay. a kid. So that's like forever like stuck in my head. <laughs> There's no getting around it then for you. Well, I was on the team. I played whatever the minimum amount was, like an inning in the field and one at bat or whatever it was. That's how much I actually played. I was not a very good baseball player as a kid. Here in right field? Uh, <laughs> yeah, right field. And then they put me at first base because I wasn't even fast enough to run balls down i wasn't even a fat kid then i just wasn't very fast <laughs> all right well I, I no 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 no. that's i was just thinking you brought me back to my own days in baseball and i was like i played a couple of seasons and i was like where did i wind up playing most of the time i know i didn't play first because i wasn't great at, at fielding the ball i'm pretty sure i played outfield most of the time i was actually a decent first baseman because i would i would catch i wasn't afraid to like catch like the the throws from the field uh-huh. um, where a lot of kids would take their eye off the ball and stuff but yeah so all right well there's keith and trevor relive their sports glory of their <laughs> yes chandler Hutchinson <laughs> waved by the phoenix suns they open a two-way spot with that the, the thought out there is that they are interested in keeping one of the guys that they have on hardship mm. right now either paris bass or maybe mj walker um we'll see what that looks like with that there's also they have an open roster spot when the hardship guys come off the books. Um, and there's a lot of thought that uh, maybe Bismack Biombo or Justin Jackson will, will end up sticking after their hardship deal in Phoenix. So we're, we're going to start to see a lot of that here over the next uh, week or so, especially as the, the 10 days are, are back. Now we'll see teams start to go the 10 day route as well. That's right. Uh, last thing I want to finish up with this, Keith, we had some people, and you and I haven't discussed this yet, but uh, we had some people in our comments of our last show asking us to do mock trade negotiations as we get closer to I saw that. the yeah. trade deadline. And I think that is something that we that we should incorporate. I'm not saying it's going to be tomorrow or anything like that, but I do think that we should uh, we should do those. We can maybe bring, uh, bring Ron back in to hop yeah. in and, and represent a team. I know we've done that in the past. And uh, that'd be kind of fun to get in some mock trade negotiations as we get closer to the trade deadline. Yeah, I know um, there are other shows that do full giant uh, mock trade deadline mm-hmm. and mock off season. And it's, I, I know the, because I know the folks involved, I know the level of effort that, that goes into that. It turns into, you know, multiple hours yeah. and days and days of prep and everything else. So we probably won't go that level, but yeah, but I think we could pick a handful of our favorite uh, players and teams and as far as uh not favorites as in lakers and celtics but favorites as in 
Ben Trade Simmons, Damian Lillard, sure. and those things, the Indiana Pacers. Um, yeah, and then start to to break it down. Yeah, it'd be a lot of fun. We can definitely do that. This is gonna, we're going to have a lot of trade deadline stuff coming out, both uh, reacting to rumors as well as uh, things that we we were talking about. We're going to go through all thirty teams, uh, probably in a couple different shows, mm-hmm. um, east and west. So it'll probably be a double dose of front office for you coming up, where we really think: are they buyers, sellers? Neither, either. Yeah. Well, what does it look like? What do they have to buy with? What do they have to sell off? Uh, those kind of things. So we we get a lot of fun stuff coming. We're going to be very busy over the next month. That's that's Extreme. for sure. That's for sure. Yep. All right, everybody. Appreciate you joining us. Make sure you do subscribe right here to the NBA Front Office YouTube channel. Make sure you turn on notifications as well and follow us over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever it is that you do listen to podcasts. Till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe.